Welcome, 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 welcome to the 711. Here are some facts for you. It's crazy to me that some of y'all don't know about this iconic queer Indian heiress who subverted the Nazis and used her power and influence to help Jewish families. Her name is Catherine Hilda Dilip Singh, and this is her story. So Catherine was the daughter of Maharaja Dilip Singh, who was the last king of the once mighty Sikh empire. Dilip, when he was, I think, around 11 years old, his home was invaded and he was forced to give, give over the Koinur, which is one of the most infamous diamonds in the world. Dilip then went on to marry a German heiress and they had four kids, Catherine being one of them. So Catherine was a very quiet person and all her life she had to deal with the complexities of identity because she grew up in high society, Queen Victoria was her godmother, and yet she had to navigate a society that saw her as less the same people who took away her father's home. Now when Dilip died, Catherine and her sisters were put under the care of Arthur Oliphant and this is where her love story begins. Catherine fell in love with her governess, who was 12 years older than her. She was a German woman named Lena, and they eventually ended up moving to Germany and living an actually quiet, peaceful life until the Nazis came to power. So during the 1930s, Lena and Catherine used their power, their wealth, and their influence to help smuggle out Jewish families from Germany. But they had to stop when Lena died in August 1937. Now, being a queer brown woman alone, Catherine was in danger. There was even a neighbor who said the local Nazis disapproved of the old Indian lady. So Catherine left for England, but she didn't stop helping these families. She rescued many Jewish refugees, including the Hornstein and Meyerstein family. And this is her in her home uh, with the Hornstein family. Even in her later years, even after rescuing all these families, Catherine was very private. She never really talked about her merits or her awards or her bravery. She was a quiet woman trying to do her best, and she never really talked about her lover because back then, she really couldn't talk about being uh, a queer woman. But her legacy is still felt in all the families that she helped rescue, including the Hornstein family. What I love about Catherine is that she took that sense of loss of losing her familial home and used it to help other families who lost their homes. Catherine remained in touch with her Indian heritage and went back to India several times to visit parts of her father's once great empire. She met some of the men who served her father, the last king. She knew what it meant to lose your home, to lose your roots, and yet she used that pain to help others. And I think that makes her one of our unsung heroes of the past generation. Uh All right. <laughs> All right, man. So this is something that I never, ever was taught. And I know y'all wasn't taught about this woman neither. Uh, Catherine, um, I never taught about this. I, I never do about this right here and i learned about the jews and how to Jews in the concentration camps uh and then i learned about the nazis and all that stuff now i learned about that you know what i'm saying and um i never knew there was another part that i didn't learn about because this woman that is in this video um that she's talking about i never learned about that they never taught that in school that there was a another person saving some of the other jew jewish uh people um you know what i'm saying saving it, some of them 
from those, you know, those consecration camps. I did not learn about that part. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't know she saved some of the families, not just people, families, you know, and I didn't know about that. So shout out to that woman right there, because that is a history lesson we all should start to learn. That's why I'm doing these history, you know, episodes so y'all can learn something because we all learning together, man. You know, let's give it up for these women. And cops for these women, man, cause they got some amazing history. Ain't gonna lie. We already learned about his story. Now it's time for us to learn about her story. You feel me? Hashtag her story. Let's keep pushing that one. Just keep pushing that one for our ladies, man. Keep on pushing that. Because these women got amazing history. I mean, much as I have learned, I am shocked. Shout out to you ladies. Y'all got better history than some of these men. I ain't even gonna lie. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. I ain't taking it back. What you gonna do? You ain't gonna do shit back. Because the thing is, I'm gonna say it like that. Because it's true. Because these women have... I kid you not. I learned a lot of men history. But these women history has a lot to it. So, yeah. Alright, we got another one. And y'all still don't know about this iconic Muslim Indian princess turned British spy who spied on the Nazis during World War II. Her name is Noor Anayat Khan, and this is her story. So Noor was born in Moscow, but she lived in Britain for most of her childhood. She was a direct descendant of Tipu Sultan, who was the ruler of Mesur. Noor was Muslim, but she was raised in a Sufi tradition, which meant that her parents uh, and her valued nonviolence, peace, and other religions quite highly. She was also quite fluent in French, living in Paris for so many years, but in 1940, as the war was coming over, she fled to England. Nor at her heart was a pacifist, but she just couldn't stand the injustices done by Nazi Germany, so she signed up for the war effort. She was first a nurse and then a radio operator for the Women's Auxiliary Air Force. Noor was so good at her training that she was selected to be a special agent for the Special Operations Executive. According to Churchill, this was the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Basically, these agents, through sabotage and subterfuge, helped the resistance movements in occupied countries. Noor was sent to Paris under the codename Madeleine to spy on the Nazis and report back to England. However, as soon as Noor reached Paris, all the high-profile wired operators were caught by the Nazis, and Noor was the only one behind enemy lines to be the special agent reporting to London. She was so determined and good at her job that the Gestapo began to actively hunt her down. In 1943, Noor tried to change her appearance, and this is where she made her mistake, because she chose the color blue. Somehow, the Gestapo knew that Madeline loved the color blue, and one day, a French operator was able to identify her and betrayed her. Sadly, in October 1943, Noor was captured. She was considered a highly dangerous prisoner by the Gestapo, and she didn't go down without a fight. Noor tried to escape prison twice. She was tortured repeatedly, but she never gave the Germans any info. Sadly, on September 13, 1944, Noor was executed by the Nazis. I wanted to tell you her story because she was a selfless hero who believed in religious harmony and helping others, no matter your caste, religion, or background. There have been tons of books and movies written about her, but there's this one author whose quote I want to share. Shravani Basu wrote, 
The understanding in the West is that Britain won its war on its own. Churchill won it for them. They need to know that there were 2.5 million people of the Indian subcontinent who came forward to volunteer for this war. This was won on the backs of these Indians, and Noor is a part of them. May she always rest... Man, I'm not gonna lie. This is some good history. I am not gonna lie to you. Hello, hello, somebody. That's some good history, man. Not gonna lie. That's some good history. This is some history that I feel like I wasn't taught in the textbook. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And it's, that's some good history. You know what I'm saying? That's some good history right there, man. Um, Yeah. Let's get into another one. Everyone talks about Jasi Kirani, but this woman who I'm about to tell you killed a leopard when she was just a child and never stopped being badass ever since. Jalkari Bai served in Jasi Kirani's army and ended up saving her life. Now, Jalkari Bai was a Dalit warrior, which means when she was a kid, she grew up poor and didn't have proper education, but that didn't stop her from learning how to do um, horseback riding, um, sword fighting, uh, learning how to play with maces. I mean, this girl, when she was a child, warded off a leopard with just a cattle herding stick when she was watching over uh, her family's like cattle. Jalkari Bai eventually married a soldier in Jasiki Rani's army, and there she quickly rose to the ranks. Jossie Kirani took quick notice of this young, amazing warrior, and it helped that the two of them looked alike. So when the British came knocking in 1858 to help her queen escape, Jalkari Bai rode out of the fort, dressed like the queen, and distracted the British. She ended up killing a lot of soldiers, and when she rode into the camp, the British were not too bright because they thought, hey, all brown women look alike. When General Hugh Rose asked the queen or Jalkari Bai what her punish punishment should be, she looked him straight in the eye and told him to hang her. The man almost fell in love with her. He said that even if 1% of women in India will like her, then the British will be defeated. Sadly, Jalkari Bai's identity was recognized by another Indian soldier who just betrayed Jansi Kirani and told them this is not the real queen she escaped so the British went back after Jansi Kirani and eventually Jalkari Bai was released. Now some stories say that she was released and set free and lived a long life others say that she died in 1890. In 2017 this statue was made of Jalkari Bai to commemorate her contributions to Indian independence and then in 2001 the Indian government made this postage stamp of her. Jalkari Bai is an example of a Dalit woman who fought for her country, who fought for her queen without caste or creed in mind. And she's just a reminder of how freedom movements, resistance movements are not just carried out by the elite few, it's carried out by everyone, eventually won by lower income or lower caste individuals. At the end of the day, everyone deserves freedom. <laughs> this is very good history, man. You know what I'm saying? Very good history. Some of y'all said, man, you went international on it. Yes. I mean, hey, I celebrate the whole month. You know, International Women's Day is just a day. But why not celebrate the whole month? You know what I'm saying? Put Throw a little international in there for y'all. Okay? This is very good. Loving this. Hey. More history, man. Let's get it. I'm not gonna lie. It's very good, though. 
Did you know that one of the most tenacious freedom fighters of India was a Kurdistan turned queen who led a charge against the British on the back of a war elephant? Begum Hazrat Mahal was the Begum or Queen of Awadh, which was a kingdom in India at the time. But the Begum didn't come from royal upbringing. She was actually born to a poor family who sold her to a brothel when she was just a few years old. But your girl was very intelligent and very beautiful and soon she caught the eye of the Nawab or ruler of Awadh. He married her and she bore him a son and soon became the Begum or the ruler. But then in 1856, the British East India Company annexed Awadh into its territories. The British East India Company exiled the Nawab to Calcutta, but the Begum refused to leave. She threw back her perda or the veil, and rallied her own troops. She got on the back of a war elephant and went off to fight, to fight the British. In 1857, as Indian soldiers waged the first war of independence, the Begum regained Lucknow. Queen Victoria offered the Begum a peace treaty and one lakh bribe or salary to stop fighting. Begum wrote back to eat pigs and drink wine, to bite grease cartridges, and to mix pigs' fat with sweetmeats, to destroy Hindu and Muslim temples on pretense of making roads, to build churches, to send clergymen into the streets to preach a Christian religion, to institute English schools and pay people a monthly stipend for learning the English sciences, while the places of worship of Hindus and Muslims are to this day entirely neglected. With all this, how can believe that religion will not be interfered with? Later in 1858, the Begum lost control of Lucknow and fled to Nepal, where she got political asylum. The Brits tried to woo her back, give her a pension, but she continued to wage her rebellion from Nepal. The Begum passed away in Nepal, but her contributions to the Indian independence movement still is felt today. One um, historian uh, said that Hazrat Mahal was much more than just an uncomfortable figure who rose to become a leader. She managed to unite Hindus, Muslims, women, Kurdistan's landlords, landless peasants, and Dalits, and got them to come together for the Great Rebellion. Now that's a queen who we can stand. If you guys want to learn... I would tell you right there, my boy. This is some good history. Let me tell you why this is some good history. Because we never knew about the Indians and the Indian people, which, you know, and the British. Okay, this is new to me because we never learned that in school. I hope you learned something, man. I really do because I didn't know they was at war. Like, we always were learned about American World War Two, World War One, but we need in the Nazis and Jews. We learned about that. We never learned about the Indians and the Jewish people going against each other. We never. I mean, the British. My bad. The British and the Indian people. We never learned about that. Like I forgot. Now this is very good. I actually like this, even though this is good history. I think I think I'll do the list to this. Since we're already talking about queens and the British, let me tell you about an Indian queen who was one of the first rulers to defeat the British long before the First War of Independence. Nehru Nachiar was a Tamil queen who defeated the British way back in, 17, in the 1770s. And let me tell you, she was not like your other queens who would just sit back in the background, do their knitting, be polite and respectful. No, she learned how to do horseback riding. She knew different kinds of martial arts. She also knew how to fight with a sword. She married a prince of Sevagangai, and in 1772, the British killed her beloved. 
Vela and her daughter escaped the British and went to Tindigol, which was a neighboring kingdom at the time. And the first thought they had gone rid of her, because what is a helpless woman to do without her husband? Plot twist, a whole lot. She befriended Gopal Naikar, who was the ruler of Tindigol, as well as Heather Ali, who was the Sultan of Mesur at the time. These men were so impressed by her bravery and courage that Heather Ali, who was a Muslim, um, built a temple in her honor in his palace. And they also lent her their armies. Now, the Brits were protected in the fort of Sivagangai, but Velu had a plan. Really, her Dalit commander, Kuyeli, did. Kuyeli found the ammunition stores of the British. She doused herself in oil and set herself on fire, basically exploding the ammunition stores. The Brits were now without ammunition, and they were taken by surprise, so Velu took back her home, rightfully so. And unlike other rulers at the time, Velu actually kept her kingdom, and her daughter after her also kept the Brits out. Velu also never forgot her friends. She made a mosque in the name of her friend Heather Ali, who also made a temple in his house, and she promoted other Dalit commanders to the top of her army, like her beloved commander, Kuyeli. If you want to learn more about South Asian... This is actually good. I'm not gonna lie, like... Uh, this is good. I like this right here. There's some good facts. Ain't gonna lie. I am totally shocked. And I hope y'all are shocked too because there's some good history. I'm not gonna lie. There's some good history. Alright, let's see. Do we have one more video? We went through one through five right there. Episodes right there. Now let's go to episode six. I don't mean to share sad um, stories about Indian history. So here is part one of amazing Indian female fighters who fought for Indian independence. And y'all know I have to start off this series with the one and only Rani Lakshmibai. Jhansi Ki Rani, also known as Mani Karnika, was the queen of Jhansi, which is a city in the, in the state of Uttar Pradesh in India. She was a fearsome warrior, a very competent ruler, but her life was full of tragedy. In 1851, Mani Karnika lost her son, and two years later, she lost her husband, the Maharaja. After the Maharaja's death, the British East India Company annexed the state to its territories, but Rani Lakshmibai refused to cede her state. In 1857, the Indian Revolution started in Meerut. Rani Lakshmibai, being very resourceful, asked the British officer in command if she can get more men for her protection. He agreed, but what he didn't realize was that she was amassing her own army. So in 1858, when the British came back, they found that she was heavily guarded. The British Raj and Jasiki Rani fought valiantly, and on April 2nd, she escaped with her son Damodar on her back. Although Rani Lakshmibai escaped, she was later shot to her death and died in battle. For many Indians, she is one of the foremost female freedom fighters for the Indian independence movement. And it's not even the Indians who revere her. At the time, the British commander, uh, I think his name was Sir Hughes Rose, said that she was personable, clever, and beautiful, and many other British officers commended her on her intellect and battle prowess. There's this one quote that I think really sums up uh, Rani Lakshmibai, and that's by Colonel Millison of the British East India Company, where he said, Whatever her faults in British eyes may have been, her countrymen will ever remember her that she was driven by ill treatment into rebellion and that she lived and died for her country. In part two of this series... I'm not gonna lie, man. That was good right there. She fought. I mean... 
that's what I'm saying. These women are strong out here, man. I'm telling you, don't don't you ever, don't you ever say a woman weak. Nah, man, don't you ever say that. Because that, that story just, damn. Woman fought with the baby on the back. What you talking about? Shoot, how, how, how many of you men would do that right now? Fight with your son on your back and you fighting and None of your asses, exactly. Somebody better hear me, man. Wow, none of you would do that. Let's be honest. I'm telling you, these women are bold as hell. And that's what. We, and that's why I love my women because y'all bold as hell. I personally, I would be checking my back and say like, damn, oh, oh this button fall on my back. She did it with having on his back. Doom. Doom, 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 doom. I'm like, damn, you, you, you bold as shit, man. I ain't lying. I ain't lying. Somebody, that's bold. Not only that, she fought until she, until she, well, that was sad that she ended up dying, though. But she fought until she kept fighting, man. How many of y'all, how many of y'all will fight with your child on your back? An infant, a baby on your back, and, and you slicing and dicing everybody out. You know, I'm telling you, these women are got that. These women the shit. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. Y'all can feel it. You can feel however you want to feel. But these women is the shit. We can't stay. We got to stop sitting here saying a woman wouldn't survive in a war. That's bullshit. Women live longer than men anyway. So I'm pretty sure these hey, these women know how to fight. So fuck all that shit you talking about, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm bagging my ladies up. And y'all know I always going to bag my ladies up. You know what I'm saying? But that, that imagine that shit. Got the baby on the back. Talking about that ain't shit to me. I'm gonna fight even if I got my baby on my back. Tell me how many how many of you men would do that? Have your son on your back fighting the private thousands of people and and ding, 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 ding. how many y'all that? How many of y'all do that shit? I could do it. Let me tell you why, cause I I be I probably be looking behind my back like oh, shit. No, the butt on file my back. <clears throat> I'll be checking every time. I, I couldn't do it. She was, she was fighting not only just to be fighting. She was fighting for Indian freedom as well. So I didn't know that neither about in India as well. I didn't know nothing about that. Shout out to all my Indian people that listen to this. If you if you're from India, man, you know, it's a good episode for y'all. So I'm just saying, man, that woman was a shit, bro. I'm telling you, that's. that's Bro, I never see, I never heard of that, and that's just cool. I'm talking about she fought, and even though she was shot to death, you know that was sad part about it. But she fought until she could fight, 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 fight. She she kept fighting. It don't matter what. It didn't matter what came in her way. She still fought, 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 fought. Y'all can't tell me a woman won't survive a war. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. That is bullshit. Because these women are out here fighting. Don't ever say a woman can shoot a gun. Because a woman can... They, I know some women that are some shooters. They can just... You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't, don't play with her. Don't play with her like that. Hey, 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 if y'all married out here, don't play with your wife like that. Don't play with your wife like that. Your wife, your wife, shit. 
You you don't know what she uh, you don't know what your wife can do. Shoot, you don't know what if you in a relationship you don't know what your girlfriend can do. Shoot, you you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, on talking stage you don't know what she can do. Yeah, yeah. you women can fight out here. So stop painting that narrative like women can't fight. Nigga, they can fight. Okay, now is that that what if she can fight with a baby? I'm, I still gotta go there, man. If she can fight with a baby on her back, these women over here can fight. Give a woman a gun. I dare you. If the government had tested these women right now and we was in a fucking war or some shit, like God forbid, these women would probably outlast. I ain't even gonna say probably. I, I'll take probably back. I, I these women would survive because they got a, a more uh. Uh, immune system their immune system is stronger than us men us men probably would get easier to get more sick you know faster than the woman will the woman will have a strong immune system and she probably will stay healthy and still fight fighting the war you get what i'm saying like so <clears throat> i ain't gonna say probably i feel like these women could survive a war and that's just me you can say whatever the fuck you want to say but bitch this my podcast and this is how i think okay and to be honest i'm just saying these women could survive a fucking war i guarantee you that bro because they, they live longer than us like it's just proven facts so <clears throat> damn woman body is something else now now but anyway but like i said make sure you go ahead and hit the play button on Spotify for podcasters, better known as Anchor. Make sure you go ahead and hit the play button on Spotify. Make sure you go ahead and hit the play button on Fountain Podcast. Make sure you go ahead and hit the play button. Make sure you go ahead and follow as well. If you are new and you're listening to this channel, what I need you to do is follow the channel and go share it to somebody else. Share this episode to somebody else. Share this episode to a historian that you know loves history. Share it to somebody, man, because we would appreciate it if you do that. So, basically, yeah. yeah. And also, if you want to be part of the Star Trap, all you got to do is download Relevant, R-E-L-E-V-N-T-A-P-P, to be part of my Day in a Life podcast, that where we talk about a lot of things. If you want to be part of that, hey, go ahead and be part of that, man. You know what I'm saying? Be part of that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You don't love the chat rooms, man. Uh, let's see. Do I have a story time? Do I have a story time? Do I have a story time? Mm-mm. Oh, I've been on Clapper, man. Um, <clears throat> Very good been a clapper i see i still see videos of people still coming over from t- tiktok and a lot of videos and i've seen that they they had some beef and some hate one girl had some hate she said she all from t- over from tiktok da, 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 da. try to build my following over here on clapper da, 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 da. and things like that i got some beef and there was this man that stood up for for her in the clapper community he was like uh-uh y'all y'all need to be doing all this right here and i'm and i was impressed and i was proud that he stood up for that girl no matter what she looked like no matter what race she was he stood up and i love how he stood up for her because he's like we about to have another hell here uh-uh, all these tiktokers everybody coming over here trying to ruin that ass like uh I don't think they're gonna ruin it no way because they're gonna go on like one dude said he was in one video he's like oh yeah y'all just that's all y'all do y'all just come over here then you gonna dip out afterwards that's all you gonna do then you ain't gonna have to app no more so, <laughs> but there's a lot of TikTokers going up over there I swear to God bro I keep seeing videos on Clapper man and one woman said she was from TikTok and you know 
and she was getting like shadow banned and banned and then like her page would get taken down or whatever then they gave it back and took it down and gave it back and then I was like damn this is like came to collaborate because all she was doing was just speaking the truth and she wasn't doing anything dirty or nothing like that and I was like wow that's just really fucked up TikTok need to get on it shit because I feel like TikTok low-key hate Americans or some shit because bitch something wrong something wrong because that ain't right every time I hear someone's get a bet it's always Americans bro like for real bro so that's just my piece I'm going to see y'all out. I'm going to see y'all on the next episode. Peace. Y'all already know where we coming.